everyone, and welcome to the Nature City Podcast. I'm Carl Pardelli, your host, and also the CEO and founder, co-founder of Nature City, along with my wife, Beth. We founded Nature City over 20 years ago, and since then, it's been our privilege to serve over 500,000 Americans by offering them the best quality dietary supplements we can make. In today's episode, we're going to talk about why probiotics and prebiotics are important and how to find a good probiotic supplement. So to start, um, to me, one of the most fascinating health stories over the last decade that's emerged is how gut and digestive health are being identified as true cornerstones of overall health, okay? So science is showing that your gut health doesn't just affect your digestion, but pretty much affects every body function, right? So your immune system, your your brain and cognitive function, your heart and cardiovascular health, uh, your skin, your bone health, um, I'm sure I'm leaving some out, even your weight and body composition, and there's probably a lot more. So how are we doing as a country with respect to our digestive and gut health? Well, it doesn't look like we're doing as good as we should be. Um, I recently saw a stat, which I believe was from the CDC, which suggested that over the last 30 years, there's been 10 times more doctor visits for digestive disorders, right, over the last 30 years compared to the previous 30 years. So 10 times more doctor visits for digestive disorders than over the previous period. So the first thing that occurred to me when I, when, I, when I saw it, I said, well, geez, how much is the population increase? Is that really affecting that number? And uh, the population has only increased about 33% over that time. So when you compare 10 times to 1.3 times, I mean, anyway, I think you slice it, you know, we're seeing a lot more digestive health problems. And look, when you see stats like this, there's, there's always multiple factors at play. It's not just one or two things, generally speaking. But I think, you know, one thing most of us can agree is that you know, our food and probably lifestyle are having a big impact on our gut health and our digestive health. Um, you know, some people also point to antibiotic use, which has tended to increase over time. You know, the, the challenging part with, with antibiotics, not only do they kill the bad stuff you want them to kill, but they also kill the good friendly bacteria that's in your gut. So more use of antibiotics generally hurts that equation. Um, now, when it comes to your gut, you know, there's this balance of microorganisms, right, um, in your body that really make up what you might have heard. You might have heard this term, but they call it the gut microbiome. All that is is a community of different microorganisms, right? Some good, some less good, some bad um, that live, you know, talking about bacteria, we're talking about fungi, other substances. But your body goes through this daily balancing act, right, where it kind of manages or tries to manage the level of good stuff versus bad stuff, right? And the bad stuff is always trying to overwhelm the good stuff. So you need to support the body um, by giving it more of the good stuff, right? So said differently, what we're saying, said a little differently, there seems to be a lot less of the friendly bacteria or probiotic bacteria residing in our intestines, which is, you know, making this daily balancing act more challenging for our bodies. Now, when it comes to intake of probiotics from food, you know, generally that comes from fermented food. And you may have a different perspective on this, but I don't think that 
our, our dietary habits have changed that much with respect to f- fermented food. I don't think, you know, again, I'm talking about things like yogurt, sauerkraut, um, pickles, right? But again, pickles only have uh, probiotic bacteria if they've been pickled using nat- a natural fermentation process. If a pickle's been pickled by using like vinegar, well, then that's not going to help you with respect to this friendly bacteria. But getting back to the main point, um, I just don't think like it's, it, you know, it, I don't think, you know, the issues we're having stem from eating less or having less probiotics in the food we're eating. I just don't think they've ever really been a big part of our diets to start with. Um, now, one of the things that has changed is we're getting a lot less dietary fiber. Why does that matter? Well, fiber acts, among other things, as a prebiotic in your body. So what is a prebiotic? Prebiotic is basically a food um, for the probiotic bacteria, a food source. So in order to flourish in your intestines, your body relies on feeding the probiotic bacteria with prebiotic um, fiber, essentially. And that's that's how basically you can really increase your gut health and improve that gut microbiome. Fiber intake, you know, has gone down. Um, generally, we only get about 10 to 15 uh, grams of fiber from our diets a day. I mean, most authorities point to 25 to 30 grams a day is ideal. Um, I think I looked at the USDA data to see how many of us are getting that much. Um, it's only 5% of adults. So, so it's a challenging amount, right? That's where really from a dietary point of view, we may be coming up short. And we certainly want to look for ways to increase fiber for our diet, not only for this reason, but uh, fiber has a lot of, plays a lot of other important roles in our body, as you may know. So um, one thing I really recommend almost all adults should do is take a good quality probiotic supplement, okay, just to help us with this gut health. And given the increase, uh, the increasing um, challenges with our gut health and just the, the findings that, you know, gut affects so many parts of our body, probiotics have been, have grown, you know, really um, pretty dramatically over the last decade in popularity. So you may um, say, well, how do, I, how do I choose a good probiotic and what should I watch out for? First, let me start. When we talk about probiotic bacteria, we're going to focus on the lactobacillus and bifidobacterium species. Okay, these are the types of probiotics that are most commonly found in our bodies. They're pretty much there from when we're born till we die. And they've been shown to be most beneficial. Um, I know there's other probiotics you may be familiar with. You know, there's SBOs, which are soil-based organisms, okay? And they can definitely be helpful. Um, uh, you have to be a little more careful when selecting those. Um, but today, we're really going to be focused on the lactobacillus and bifidobacterium species since they're most prominent in our intestines, okay? So really, two key areas we want to focus on with respect to to uh, to finding a good probiotic. Number one, one is keeping the probiotic bacteria alive until you take the product. And two is how you help the live bacteria survive the journey to the intestines and sort of alive and can colonize in your intestines where they can be can be used to help your gut in many different ways. Okay. Now, the first part, keeping these micro, microorganisms alive, these live bacteria, is, is very, very challenging. I think very is, is kind of underappreciated. Uh, things like moisture 
oxygen, light, high heat, they're all enemies of probiotics and will ultimately kill them. Okay. So these probi- these live probiotics, they're kind of like in a, um, they're kind of like in hibernation. They're kind of in um, kind of dormant. So almost like in a freeze dried state. And what you're trying to do is keep them in that state because once they come alive, um, that's when, you know, they can uh, basically not only die, but destabilize the other ones that are sleeping. So it affects the whole formula. So you really want to try to do your best to keep them in their hibernation mode until you're ready to take the product so so you know they'll remain alive. So for starters, a good probiotic supplement needs to protect live bacteria from these elements. Again, moisture, oxygen, um, you know, uh, what's the other word we've got? Light, uh, high heat. That's really key, okay? And um, this becomes more of a challenge when, when, uh, when probiotics are in bottles, okay, versus, say, capsules individually sealed, okay? What happens when you have a bottle? Now, some, some bottles um, are getting better in terms of the insulation, but at some point, you have to what? You have to open the bottle, right? And what happens when you open the bottle? Moisture gets in, oxygen gets in, gets exposed to light. And, you know, that's going to become a challenge for keeping the probiotics alive, right? Um, what, what we do at Nature City is something a little different. We actually use Lister card packing. So every capsule is in its own individual um, protective chamber. And this chamber is basically has a double a double foil seal to keep out oxygen and light and, and moisture especially. And then what we do, um, so basically when you want to, when you're ready to take the product, this comes from my desk, you know, I just pop one out and there it is ready to go, right? Um, the other thing we do um, our manufacturer does, I should say. And by the way, we manufacture at pretty much the premier, one of the premier facilities for making probiotics. I think they're the largest independent um, manufacturer of probiotics, and they have just a great, great setup. What they do, in addition, before they seal this, they actually hit. They actually um, would do what's called a nitrogen flush. So basically, they inject a little bit blast of nitrogen into this chamber before it gets sealed up. Why? Well, nitrogen is a dry gas, right? It helps keep out moisture and obviously oxygen. So we do that too, just to keep, just to keep, um, to keep the enemies of probiotics out, right? Now, no matter what you do, um, including with our product, which is called True Life PB, some of these live bacteria are going to die off, okay? Even by taking the extra steps we take, uh, some of them inevitably are going to die off over time. We only have like an 18-month um, expiration on our probiotics because of this. Um, you know, most products, we have like a two-year, some some even three-year expiration. We only use 18 months because we want to make sure that the 30 billion CFUs in each capsule. And when we say CFUs for probiotics, we're basically talking about the count of probiotic organ- microorganisms in each, in, each, um, in each capsule. But, you know, when we say 30 billion CFUs, we want that to be there whether you're taking the product, um, you know, today or six months from now or, you know, a month, a day before it expires, right? So 
even though we go through extra steps to try to prevent anything from from any live bacteria from dying, um, a portion of them are still gonna gonna die. So that's why, and this is a little bit of uh, not common knowledge. We don't really say this all the time, but we actually start off with more than thirty billion. Okay just to compensate for the fact that we know some of these are going to die off. A lot of people don't do that, um, which um, is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. Um, even more so, um, you'll like this. Now what's happening with probiotics, there's what's called, what was the term? Mixed labeling, okay? <laughs> so, so you have two CFU counts, right? You have... Um, What's made, what's the CFU count at the time of manufacturing, okay? And then what the maker of the, the count that the maker is willing to guarantee when you take the product, okay? Let me give you an example of this. I saw it recently in actually a, pro, a probiotic that's actually pretty popular. But they, um, they say on the facing of the product and in their advertising, they're talking about 60 billion CFUs in our capsules, right? Sounds like a big number, exciting number. If you read further down, um, they say uh, they can only guarantee 20 billion of that 60 billion <laughs> will still be alive when you take the product. Okay. So essentially, they're saying, you know, two thirds of these bacteria you're getting, these live bacteria may actually die. Okay. Which, you know, is not what you're paying for, right? You're paying, you saw 60 billion, you expect 60 billion. So, um, you know, that's, um, yeah, you know, it's frustrating. Again, you know, we uh, our product is really designed to deliver the thirty billion you see on the box from from now through expiration, which makes it a little different than some other products. So, keeping a probiotic formula stable becomes more complex when you include multiple strains. It's good to have numerous strains of different probiotics in your product. That's a good thing but they have to be carefully chosen so they don't destroy the stability of the entire formula. Give you a quick example. We're often asked, well, why don't you have a probiotic strain which is called um, B. longum? It's part of Bifidobacterium species. It's called B. longum. So, you know, and it's a great strain. It really is a great probiotic strain. So why don't you have that in your product? Okay, well... The reason we don't have it in our product is it's notoriously unstable when it's combined with other strains, okay? So you're at risk of destroying the entire probiotic formula if you include something like B. longum, which is not, you know, doesn't have great stability um, in your product, okay? So it's funny, I asked... Um, our probiotic manufacturer recently, well, you know, why I'm seeing a lot of products that include these strains, which I know are, are not stable, um, like, like the B-Longum. It's like, well, why, why are people doing this? You know, am, am I missing something? And he said, well, there's two reasons. One, they just don't care. You know, it's marketing to them and they don't care if the product gets destroyed, um, which is pretty, pretty sad to hear. But, you know, there's people out there who I guess I'm more interested in selling their product than helping you. And the second thing is what they do is they put so little of the, of the like B-Longum, as in my example, into the product that there's really not enough to really help you. It just helps them get that label claim, do, you know, included in advertising, which, you know, I guess is equally bad, right? 
Um, so that's really what's been going on. Um, you know, the way we chose our probiotics is we worked closely with the with the manufacturer of, of the probiotic strains, and they gave us a little chart here. So I'll just give you an example of what this chart looks like. So they have their strains. If you can't see it, it's not that important. But um, basically, they, you know, have the strains which were excellent. And including this are two really good probiotics, uh, Acidophilus, which you may be familiar with, and also something called B. lactis. Okay. And then they have a bunch of ones which have, you know, good stability. I think it says good stability, which is where the other four probiotics in our true, true life PB come from. And then they have the ones that are what they call fair which is a nice way of saying not very stable. And those are the ones you do not want to use in combination formulas, okay? And, that, and that's exactly what they t- advise, right? So, so it's kind of disturbing to me when, you know, when the manufacturer is saying you shouldn't do this, you know, at least they're, they, want, you know, they want their customers to have good products to sell to you, yet people knowing this, still go ahead and put in un- unstable or uh, probiotic strains in their formulas. So we don't do that. You know, it's one of the things we carefully do to make sure that um, we're delivering a live bacteria to when you take that product. Um, so um, to, keep the, to help keep the probiotics alive, we also include two prebiotic ingredients, okay? As we said before, um, prebiotics are basically food for the probiotic bacteria, okay? And the reason we include this is twofold. I mean, one, as you know, prebiotic bacteria in your intestines is very helpful to get the probiotic bacteria to flourish. But we also do it um, for another reason. Um, if some of the probiotic bacteria in the capsule does awake from its hibernation, um, at least there's a food source available that may help them stay alive. Now, I'll be totally frank with you. Um, I spoke to a lot of experts about this, and they, you know, they think it's a good thing to have and certainly um, should be supportive of the product. Um, but we don't really have data where we've tested this head-to-head. But look, it's not going to go to waste, right? If the prebiotics are not used while they're in the capsule, they're going to be helpful uh, in your intestines, right? So kind of no lose thing. But again, it's just one of those extra details what you know we use with True Life PB to try to ensure that you're getting as many live bacteria as, as possible when you take our, our product. So the last thing um, I want you to look out for in uh, a probiotic supplement is make sure the probiotic, um, the capsule itself is clear. Okay, and not colored. All right. Sometimes they use uh, something called titanium dioxide to make it white. Sometimes they use to make it other colors because they may not want you to see what's inside the capsule. Here's why. Okay. So, give you an example of a probiotic which has been compromised. Okay. And is bad. Okay. This is an old capsule. And hopefully you can see this. But what you see is that there's a lot of dark material. It's also hardened, okay? That's an indication that the probiotics inside this capsule are dead, okay? Now, if this capsule is colored, right? By the way, here's what a good probiotic looks like. This is the one I just took out of my, um, from my product. This is what it is. It's very white and clear, and you can see, okay, everything looks pretty good. There are some specks in there, uh, dark specks in there. That's just the kiwi uh, prebiotic we use. Um, so that's all that is. But you can tell there's a big difference between 
this and this, right? Hopefully you can see that. Um, so if this, if the capsule's colored, right, you're not gonna be able to tell. <laughs> you're not gonna be able to tell if your pro if your uh, probiotic um, has basically been compromised and if the the, the pro, pre, probiotics uh, bacteria is essentially dead. Okay, so that's why I recommend looking for a probiotic that's made with a clear colored capsule, not something that's where you can not where the powder is not visible to you. So, so those are kind of some tips on um, how to look for a uh, a good probiotic in our next segment, the second segment, uh, second episode here in probiotics. We're going to cover really um, the other key part is which is okay. I'm glad we have the bacteria alive and I take the product. How do we get it to the intestines? And then, you know, and then from there, how do we, um, how do we make sure it, it help it bind to your intestines? Because if it doesn't bind and start colonizing, it's not going to be health, helpful to you. Essentially, you poop it out, right? <laughs> so, so it's really important not only to get the, you know, there's a lot of effort put into the kind of the uh, delivery of the probiotics to the intestines, but, you know, you also want a probiotic that's going to, help you by binding and colonizing and flourishing inside your gut. So that's all for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. And if you're new to the NHC family, we'd love the chance to serve you. You can click on the links below to, to learn more or go to the podcast show notes and we will see you next time. <laughs>